Good evening. I'm Rick Cottom. Welcome to Your Maryland. By and large, the 1950s were good years in this state. The war had left an abundance of jobs, and couples could buy houses in the suburbs. Families grew up with an ear to the radio, listening to Baltimore's new professional sports teams, the Orioles and the Colts. Capturing the spirit of the times, the National Brewing Company coined a brilliant advertising slogan. Maryland, it said, was the land of pleasant living. One of the larger contributors to that celebration of life was born on June 5, 1924, in the Bronx. He entered the world at an imposing 17 pounds and grew up in a neighborhood of large families, Italian, Jewish, Polish, German, and Irish like his own. His father was a respected boxing referee who worked the Joe Louis fights and gave his son a tough skin and a sense of humor. Always big for his age, the boy played football, first with the older kids, then in high school. After that, he hoped to play for the nearby Fordham Rams, home of the famed Seven Blocks of Granite. When Notre Dame offered him a scholarship, though, his Catholic mother insisted he go there. But he didn't fit well in South Bend. Professors laughed at his New York accent. The football coaches didn't like it when he got into fights during practice. College ended with a draft notice in 1943. When offered the chance to be a cook in the Army, he joined the Marines instead. Despite his size, now 6 feet 2 and 240 pounds, he waltzed through boot camp and was assigned as an anti-aircraft gunner in the Pacific. After seeing action against Japanese kamikazes off Okinawa, he transferred to the 3rd Marine Division and went to Guam to train for the invasion of Japan. One night, he and a few buddies stole a case of spam from a troop ship they were cleaning out and hid it under their tent to eat later. Discovered and called before his commanding officer, he was given a choice. Eat that entire case of spam by himself in a week, the Major said, or your butt belongs to me. The Major didn't know who he was dealing with. As a boy, the young Marine had developed a deep love for kosher bologna, salami, corned beef, and spam. The case was gone in six days. After the war, he went back to school. He spent the next four years playing on the defensive line for Boston College, studying a little and having a good time with the other veterans until he could graduate and play professional ball. In 1950, he was drafted by the inept Baltimore Colts. When the Colts folded that year, he played the next season for the New York football Yankees, which the following year became the Dallas Texans. When the Texans were brought back to Baltimore and renamed the Colts in 1953, he asked to play for them because he had fallen in love with the city. In 1954, the team hired Weeb Eubank as coach. Eubank took one look at his now 300-pound lineman and called him Fatso. Then he taught him how to play football. Fatso had always been quick to cover the first 10 yards off the line of scrimmage, though after that, one wag said, he ran at calendar speed. Eubank taught him how to read keys, making him both quicker and smarter. In the next few years, the Colts drafted the rest of what became their fearsome defensive line. Gene Big Daddy Lipscomb, Don Joyce, and perhaps the best of them all, another war veteran, Gino Marchetti. Together with other new players, Szymanski, Mutchler, Barry, Moore, Parker, and a lanky cast-off from Pittsburgh named Unitas, they were soon the talk of the National Football League. No one made much money, but they worked hard, played hard, became close friends, and made this city their home. In 1958, the town was delirious when the Colts beat the New York Giants for the league championship in a game that launched professional football into prime time. In 1959, they repeated as champions. Two years later, as the Colts were on their way to 56 straight sellouts, they retired Fatso's jersey in a touching ceremony at Memorial Stadium. No one was ever going to forget big number 70, Artie Donovan, 
the Marine from the Bronx who did so much to make this a land of pleasant living.